1: Hello, and welcome to the Calmer You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. And this podcast is all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest, and most confident self. In today's episode, I'm speaking to Callie Thorpe, speaker, writer, occasional model, and podcast host for her own podcast, The Confidence Corner, we have such a good discussion about self-love and acceptance, how to go on a journey to self-love and acceptance, and how it is a journey, how you don't suddenly wake up one day and love yourself all the time. And uh, it's, it's not that simple. It is a journey. There's ups and downs, and Callie shares about her own journey with that. We talk about the top things Callie has learned about confidence. She shares about her experience dealing with internet bullies, and she gives her advice to her younger self. I just love this inspiring and empowering conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Now, if you'd like to hear from me about the latest podcast, if you'd like to get freebies for confidence and calming anxiety, as well as find out about the events and courses that I run, head on over to wwwkarma and enter your details for one of my freebies on that page. And I'll keep you posted of all the exciting things happening at Karma U. Okay, welcome. Callie, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad to find you there. I know, I'm so glad, I'm so glad. (laughs) Um, I've been stalking you for a while and I've sent you a few emails, hoping to speak to you and I'm very glad we've we've made it happen. Mm. Where in the world are you right now? I am in London, which I've been here like
0: obviously the whole time, but I'm actually wishing I was where you were. (laughs) It's just like so rainy and cold here and it's like the midst of winter and I realised that I just, I do love the summer. I always thought that I was like an autumn person but I've, during this I've realised I very much need the sunshine in my life.
1: I think so many people in England right now are just thinking about spring, just holding on for spring and uh, it'll be here before we know it I'm sure.
0: I know, hopefully.
1: Can you share a little bit about what it is that you do and how you got to where you are today? Sure.
0: So I started actually writing a blog in 2012, um, like writing kind of in the time of my life when I wasn't very happy with myself. I was struggling. I've always suffered with anxiety, but I was struggling with anxiety into depression. And I just finished uni and I was convinced that everything that was going on in my life and everything that was bad in my life was because of my weight. So I decided to start a journey of weight loss. But I thought if I try and like share like a diary of me losing weight, I will feel more accountable. And I I thought that that was going to be like a, a success story for me. But actually, it just further triggered some very disordered eating issues. And it just was a place that I used to kind of really be vile about myself and judge myself and put myself in kind of a, you know, put myself up to be judged by people that didn't know me. And I just got quite addicted to you know, losing weight and telling people. But then when I wouldn't lose weight and I would have to write about it, I would, you know, be really hard on myself. And so it was what began as what I thought was going to be a positive journey, but actually was very negative. And then one day I just was really struggling and I was going away on holiday and I decided to search for some swimwear in my, I was plus size and the lamb at the, but at the time I was plus size as well. And I was searching for swimwear and I just found a blog that I read in the U S which was from another plus size woman who's now a friend of mine called Gabby. And I just got opened up to the world of body positivity and self-love and compassion. And it really completely changed my life because I had never really looked at myself in a positive light or my body. And I'd always was on a, like always set up to change. And so that started a path for me to start my own Blog, which was more of a journey to confidence, um, learning, you know, how to be to play around with fashion and style, which I never really thought I could be part of before, and just like, yeah, talking about my experience and the the things that have affected me, being plus size, and in doing that, I was able to connect with a community of other people that were going through the same thing. So
1: that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I love uh, following you and the journey that you've been on and everything <laughs> yeah. that you share. I was curious now I often ask this question to guests how are you really um you know how how has the last few months or year been for you how have you been sort of handling everything that's been going on um to be honest
0: as you know (laughs) with my many email avoidances it's been up and down for me as I mentioned like just now I've always had issues of anxiety at quite severe levels so it's been tricky to navigate this during this whole thing, because first of all, the beginning, I was just terrified. And I, and one of the main issues for me with, um, my anxiety is catastrophizing things quite a lot. So I would, I, you know, making assumptions of the very worst case scenario of this was, you know, that was going to happen and just like racing thoughts and am I going to lose my job? Am I going to make money? What am I going to do if I don't have this anymore? Am I going to catch COVID? Like, is my weight a problem because of COVID? Like, all these things just gets thrown out of control for me. And I think also, like, because I'm a person that really loves travel and exploring, it's been quite hard to obviously have to be indoors a lot and just feel like the sense of freedom that we all have is gone. Obviously, y- you have to, like, navigate this in a way of, like, privilege and understanding that I'm lucky and I'm safe and I have a home but i think it's always important to acknowledge that everybody navigates things differently in their life and it's it's okay to mourn your previous life during this so i've definitely i've definitely felt like stages of severe anxiety mixed with sadness a little sometimes depression and in general just feeling a bit lost like i just it's more that i just don't know what's going to happen in the future like none of us do and i think in general everyone i know has got an increased sense of anxiety at the moment or something like that. So yeah, it's been tricky, but I'm trying to remain as positive as possible without being like toxically positive. But like trying to focus on like you know the good things that are happening in my life. So you know that's best that's I can do, I suppose.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure everyone probably listening to this can relate to that catastrophization that comes along with anxiety, where your brain will go to the worst case scenario and imagine you know things in vivid technicolor and it's really yeah. um, something that, when we're in uncertainty, can go into overdrive because our brains are trying to keep us safe. And if yeah. we think to ourselves, if we imagine the worst, we're somehow going to prepare for it, which obviously isn't what happens, and it's not no. really helpful. But uh, <laughs> it's such a common experience, and um, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure like people are resonating with 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 that experience. Yeah. When, when it comes to your your sort of confidence it sounds like you've been on quite a journey with your confidence um yeah. I'm really curious to know you know what does confidence mean to you and how do you how do you define confidence well Actually, it's such an important and strong
0: feeling, emotion and word for me that I actually have an entire platform dedicated to celebrating it because of the fact that I've been on such a journey. And for me, it's more of a doing. It's more of a. It's more of an action word. It's like, it's not something that you're born with. It's not something that you wake up and you're like, right, I'm confident now. And that's that. It's an everyday practice. And it's something that I don't think anyone will ever like be like, right, that's it. I'm confident now and I'm done. It's something that I have learned to implement into my life as a way to assert who I am and be okay with that is in you know you don't have to like I think people associate being confident as being extroverted loud. I don't think that's the case. you can be introverted and be confident, you can be extroverted, you can be confident. I think it's more about real it's more about coming together and thinking about who you are and and what that means to you and accepting that and like almost getting other people to accept that for yourself and, you know, being, being assertive, like this isn't like, this is my body shape and I am happy with it. Or this is my job choice and I am happy with it. And just kind of just being who you are, really. That's what it comes down to for me. And just kind of being yourself. I can't really explain it more than that, but yeah, it's always it's definitely a journey. And I know that many people struggle with it. And particularly what I learned was like for myself was that because of my body shape and because of my size and just in general, like navigating, you know, the really quite honestly, quite hateful feelings people have towards if, if you are in a larger body, how to, how to be confident in a world that doesn't really encourage that for women or people in larger bodies. So it's it's kind of like been, it's it's been a process for sure.
1: Yeah, that makes so much sense when you say that it's not like you, you work on your confidence and then you're just confident forever, every day, in every situation. It's not like something that's like that or something you're born with. It's something that is, yeah. um, as you say, an action, you know, yeah. taking action and making that decision to accept yourself and, yeah, um, you know, like yourself, um, I know yeah. that way of describing it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Do you... Um, would you say that self-love is is kind of in a similar way, a bit of a journey? And and do you have advice for people who are kind of on that journey or people that say they want to love themselves? Because I think that's one of the things that I hear almost the most from people. They say, I just want to love myself, but it seems like, it seems so hard to be able to do that. It sounds like such a simple yeah. thing, but it seems so difficult.
0: Yeah. It's actually funny because i I've obviously been doing it since 2012 and at the the beginning it was like a real, like honestly, truly a journey of like just liking myself, like actually being like you're okay and not kind of agonizing over every single thing that was wrong with me and how I was never going to be happy, successful or any of these things. And I think self-love is so important because... It doesn't matter really if the world thinks you're great. It doesn't matter if your partner thinks you're great. If you don't like yourself, it doesn't matter. At the time when I was going through such a difficult time, I look back at it now and I I was in a really dark place. And and from the outside, you know, I just graduated uni. I had a boyfriend. I was living with friends. Like people might be like, well, what was wrong? But it. I think it comes down to how you feel about yourself inside. And self-love is it's not the answer to everything. Like there is, again, there's no quick fix to it. But I think it's about, I like to think of it as like self-respect more than self-love because respect is a component of love. I think You, you can't ever love someone if you don't respect them. And if you don't respect yourself, your body or your being and who you are as a person, then you'll never be able to treat other people right either. And for me, I think, My journey to self-love was really eye-opening because I realized just how badly I spoke to myself, how, when I looked at myself in the mirror, when I, you know, wanted to go do something, how I would like put myself through constant, like negative talk. Like you're, you're too fat, you're ugly. You're not, you're not this, you're not that. And, and how that can define your whole day versus if you wake up and think I'm not perfect, but I'm doing my best. That can change your outlook. Versus, I feel disgusting, and I'm going to have a terrible day. Essentially, Mm -hmm. so like it's really. I think people always say like as if there's some sort of golden ticket that they can pick up, and that's that. But I think it's tiny little steps and creating a, a space for yourself to learn to like create that self love within yourself. It's there's tiny things you have to do. To implement it in. It doesn't just like, you don't wake up and then go, oh, I love myself and that's it. Cause I don't always love myself. Sometimes I don't like myself. Sometimes anxiety tells me that I'm not a good person and that I'm this, I'm lazy and I'm all these things, but I have to, it, it's a conscious effort. I have to like commit to being like, that's a negative thought. And some of that might be true, but a lot of that isn't true. And it's like, it is literally just, it's kind of trying to work out like truth from falsity really and listening in and thinking like what is that actually saying and how is how I react to what I'm saying about myself and what does that say and how can I fix that versus just thinking right I love myself and that's it
1: now. (laughs) Yeah I think you're so right about that and yeah I remember when I first discovered what self-love was it seemed like a very alien concept it seemed very far away and actually it was a kind of a a slow and steady process to getting to that point what you said there about, you know, I don't need to be perfect. That really resonated with me because how often do we think that we need to kind of tickle these boxes or be a certain way or we need to change, we need to be different to how we are now before we can love ourselves. Like, oh, I'll allow myself to love myself when I get to this size or when I get this promotion. And, you know, as you said, accepting ourselves as we are now, knowing that we're doing our best and we don't need to be perfect is is such an important part of it. Absolutely. Mm. I know that you've had this experience and it's such a common experience for people, whether it's something that happens in school, whether it's in workplaces, whether it's online and it's, you know, the topic of, you know, being bullied or experiencing, you know, people just being really negative and horrible. How how have you dealt with that? And what's your experience of kind of moving through that? I mean, not good, (laughs) to be honest. I think
0: as a person, I have a desperate need to be liked and validated. I think that's like just me being honest. I've I've never, you know, you don't realize quite how much that affects you especially when you're on when you you do do a career online where everything you share is essentially, you know, you're sharing it to have feedback. And the constant feedback starts to cloud your own thoughts about yourself and then when you have someone say something nasty, that can affect your whole day. And I think in particular, because I am in a larger body and because when I first started in 2012, there wasn't many people, there was some people, but there weren't many people talking about body positivity. And there certainly were many people my size sharing, you know, themselves in swimwear or anything like that. And so I've definitely like, it's definitely been hard being subjected to online abuse because there are some things that I have had happen to me and said to me that will live with me forever and I wouldn't want to pretend to anyone that 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 is just something that I brush off because it isn't like everything a person has ever said to me has in some way impacted and made me feel a, a, a particular painful experience like especially just when it's like it feels like there's a lot of people like at one time, like usually when I do some sort of press, like just recently I did um, a feature with Cosmopolitan, I was on the cover of Cosmo, and the backlash from that was quite intense. And you see lots of people making lots of comments about your body, uh, or you're disgusting, you're ugly. She's too fat. She's this. She's lazy. She's greedy. All these things they they just they just stick to you like glue. And a mi- a million people can say something nice. Like, and I do. That's the hard thing for me is that I get so many lovely, kind, inspiring, inspirational, like generous comments from people, from people that, you know, are really taking something from the message I'm sharing. But one person can say something spiteful and cruel to me and it sticks to me like chewing gum and I can't get it off. And it's so awful. And I, I'm, it's definitely something I'm working on because it's not, it's not good to like let those awful things control your life in that way but it is true and I think human beings I just I don't think people realize how much bullying impacts people's lives and relationships like just this year like dealing with with that it's just it just put me into such a dark place I felt like I couldn't show up as myself I lost my sense of sense of like my voice and my sense of authority and my and I I felt like everything I was saying I couldn't say because someone would make fun of that or they would make fun of this or they'd make fun of my hair, they'd make fun of my weight, they'd make fun of the word I said. You know, it starts to spiral. And I just don't actually realize people know the impact of their words and words have such impact. I think, honestly, I think it's probably easier to be punched in the face than to have someone say something to you continually over and over because a punch in the face, you can take that pain, you feel the pain, you might get a bruise, the bruise fades and then you can move past it. But with something that that someone says to you, it lives inside your brain, and it's very hard to get rid of that. And it can really damage people.
1: Yeah, it sounds really, really difficult. And I know they have done studies into this, where they look at things like sort of social rejection, that actually does affect the same part of the brain as physical pain. So it is really like, very similar to like a physical pain. And interestingly, I have interviewed someone else this morning for the podcast, the authors of a book called The Power of Bad, which is all about how any kind of bad feedback, as you said, really like sticks to us like glue. And he said that we actually need four positive kind of compliments or nice, nice things or positive experiences to make up for every one negative experience. Wow. Um, and, um, but yeah, it was really interesting exactly what you were saying, how because of evolution, we as human beings have evolved to try and keep ourselves safe. So we remember the bad stuff because, you know, at a deep level, we think remembering that's going to somehow keep us safe. But yeah, if you're somebody that is, you know, we didn't evolve to be having, you know, 100,000 Instagram followers and that kind of exposure, it's, it's a lot for someone yeah. to, to be exposed to. But yeah, I just hope you know that you can remember all the people that are really inspired by you. Oh, and, Absolutely. And your, Oh, I'm
0: so I'm so grateful, and I think that's the thing which I think. And I think when people associate bullying and the term bullying, they very much think of like something that happens exclusively at school, and then that's it. But actually, adult bullying is a very much a thing, and it happens in workplaces. It happens online. You know, it even happens within family dynamics. You know, there is a lot that goes into it, and it has the exact same effect as it does when you're a child, and. I wish that people were more cautious of that. And we spoke about it more, especially with the internet, because unfortunately, there isn't many consequences for bullying on the internet. A lot of the time, you can just have a fake face, a name, an Instagram account. You could be on a forum and write whatever you want. And there are no consequences for that, which I think is very disappointing, because if you were to be a person in high school that did that, there would be consequences to follow. And the lack of consequences and the lack of safety and protection that is installed in our internet culture is very worrying. And I do think that we really do need to consider, you know, as a society, how we're going to navigate that because we live our lives on social media. We live our lives online. Everything we have to uh, available to us and how we shop, how we communicate, how we navigate our lives, how we read, how we, anything is online. And we need to have like, tools to help people because unfortunately meditation everyone always says that it's not going to fix it's not always going to fix these things and we do need that for there to be some kind of protection or some place for people to feel safe because it can feel very unsafe sometimes when you are on the other end of it and it can it can cause some very serious mental health issues
1: yeah absolutely and yeah I really hope that in the future very soon there are more guardrails in place or measures that can stop these sorts of things happening I think um I know yeah. Lucy Sheridan says I think she uses the phrase we're in the awkward toddler phase of social media whereby we're like no one really knows what we're doing or what the consequences are and I hope soon yeah. that we realize that actually I love uh, Lucy we have she's so gorgeous, yes. Lucy. Yeah, she's me gorgeous too. isn't she <laughs> me, too, me too. yeah yeah gosh what an experience to, to go through and um yeah, I suppose most of us experience, you know, bits of criticism here and there. But I suppose when you, when you have that big platform, it just gets really amplified. And um, yeah, I hope um, that talking about it now, you know, and just having more conversations as well will, will lead us to have more awareness and hopefully change things in the future. Yeah, definitely. I was wondering, you know, you, you have your podcast. Confidence Corner. What have you learned from from doing that and and the the sort of the topics that you you discussed on there? Well, I learned so much actually, and I absolutely loved doing the podcast. It's actually on pause
0: at the moment because we're actually building, with the community that I built off the back of the podcast, we're actually building a membership space for people to come in and have a safe space to kind of go on on a self, I guess, a self-love journey as well, um, and a confidence Mm -hmm. journey and to, you know, feel inspired and talk about things that people don't really necessarily feel very safe talking about in the open spaces of the internet. But I think when I started the podcast, that's when I got the real passion to continue this on, on this platform that I'm building with my my business partner. And because what I learned from every single person when I asked questions was that absolutely nobody, and I mean this, nobody has it together. Nobody, not one single person, no matter what they put out on online, no matter what It looks like from the outside, everybody is going through something and everybody has had an experience or is on a journey to be better or learn more or grow. And confidence plays a really big element in that. And that, you know, it can affect all sorts of areas of your life. And the two questions I always ask is when talk about a time you felt most confident and talk about a time you felt least confident and those often interlink, you know, the times when we feel most confident are the times that we feel safe and supported and understood and seen and the times we feel least confident is when we are not being very kind to ourselves and that I think is so important with learning about confidence and everything is like I said it's just it's never going to be it's going to be an ongoing process and it's just something that's built but I'm just so fascinated by this idea of you know, learning more and, and and learning to cope more with these things, and like it being okay that like you know you're not the most competent at work. But how can you implement these tools in place to make you feel like a bit more competent at work? Does it mean you know dressing up in in an item of clothing that you like? Does it mean being more assertive in an email? You know, how do you assert boundaries? Like, how these are all the things I think that actually accumulate into this idea of confidence and that's something that we just are so passionate on learning about with membership platform which we're launching hopefully at the end of March
1: awesome awesome yeah I love that when you said uh no one knows no one's got it figured out absolutely no one
0: (laughs) nobody it's very true
1: it is so true true. Even,
0: even I had like I've had like a politician on that platform and I thought like if I get a politician on, there's absolutely, they're they're the most confident people in the world, surely, because they are politicians and they are like set up to have to deal with like everything. But even when I was talking to the politician, Stella, she was saying like, yeah, there's times in my life when I'm not not confident and it's hard and things are hard. Like, I think, you know, we even like assume like celebrities and stuff, they've got it all together. It's like they, we're all in the same boat. We're all human (laughs) beings and we like, do you know what I mean? We're all dealing with it all at the same time. And I think, we just need to learn that we all have to have some compassionate understanding for like everyone's stage and where they're at in their life. And I'd, I honestly, I don't actually think it's the best idea to not to be completely fully confident anyway. Cause when I say, I don't mean that in a way of like, Oh, be confident, like completely your life's all together. But the whole point of like having a little bit of not lack of confidence as such, but not being quite there is that, again, it's like it's a growth and you're always going to keep changing so you're never going to be the same person so why would you expect yourself to feel confident throughout your whole life there are going to be things that come into your life that knock that there could be changes you become a mum or you start a new job or you lose weight or you gain weight all these things that happen in life they can affect you so it's just like I want to almost normalize the it not being a narrow path, like not being linear. It's it's like this. It's not like this, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of that's that's what I think we should be talking about because there isn't like a quick fix. There's no book that's gonna be like if I read this book by the end of this book or if I listen to Chloe's podcast, I'm gonna be like this. It's like, no, it's not. You can take something from this podcast, a book from there, everything you learn, you can take it and everything will add and bring like value to you and you can help change that. But there is no quick fix and it's all individual, which is what I just I just just think, it's so important for people to know that because I feel like people assume that if they buy the book, read the podcast, take the drink, the skinny tea, do this, do that, that somehow they're gonna fix their lives, and that's not that's not how it is. It's just not that way.
1: Mm. And then we we read the book, and then we're still you know struggling with our confidence, and we beat ourselves up about that because yeah. we think, wow, I should be I should be sorted, or I should have this figured out, and uh, yeah, it's not, it's not very helpful. No, I love that point you made as well about, you know, at different times in our lives, our confidence can shift and change. You know, it is really common after you've had a baby for your confidence to take a knock or if you get made redundant or you go through a breakup. And actually it would be weird if you felt the same after some of those situations. It's a big change in your life or a big shift and acknowledging that that's actually normal. And actually it's not, it's not something about you. It's not that you've done anything wrong. You're human. And you know, continue on that journey and you will get there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good reminder. Could you share a bit about, you know, are there certain things that you do to support yourself and support your mental health? Do you have any sort of practices or routines or anything like that, that that really helps you?
0: Yeah, I think, what I realized like throughout obviously the stages of having quite severe anxiety is the biggest thing for me is the spiraling racing thoughts and the catastrophizing things. So the biggest thing for me is distraction (laughs) because if I'm distracted, I'm not focusing on like, oh, we're going to, this is going to happen. I'm going to die and blah, blah, blah. Like I get completely out of control with it. So I have to distract myself. And so part of that distraction could be like, I can't like actually one thing people say is like read and things, but I can't read when I'm like that. It I can't concentrate. So I have to do something that is going to completely distract me to the point of it helps me almost forget. So it could be like some form of exercise, like going for a walk. I find listening to podcasts quite helpful because it's I can just switch off and listen. Listening to music is also really good. And I know I I saw this recently on, on on TikTok I watched and now I actually think it's true but like watching repeat TV shows that you've seen before. I, I read somewhere that people watch repeat TV shows they already like because it d- diminishes the anxiety because you know what's coming. And I think that's like why I watch like Grey's Anatomy on repeat or like, you know, friends over and over. I think like watching things and distracting myself in that way, I think distraction is a really big thing for me. But also other things, I, I, I love to swim. I obviously can't swim at the moment because everything's locked down, but swimming, um, I love to cycle we're very cliche but seriously and I cannot advocate it more but like getting in nature like this this year was like well last year in 2020 was the time I've been at home the usually I travel like sometimes tw- twice a month or at least at least six times a year and I was just able to like we my husband and I would go to cycle at our local wetlands and we would like cycle around and like have pic- like have a little picnic on at the park or just just be around nature and it's actually amazing just to see how beautiful this world is and like I don't know like, it's so cheesy but it does work I don't know what I don't know it's everything they say is true like truly like just being outside in the fresh air it just does wonders for you and I just I really advocate for like just going for a walk and just getting out like near some trees <laughs> It's so yeah. cheesy, but it is true. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure too. you know it. It is just like, yeah. I don't know. It just is so special. And then other things I do, like, I'll just be with my husband, Dan, like, you know, have a laugh. Um, and things I like to do, like, just to aid in, like, in particularly anxious times, like, I use, like, CBD balm or oils, sometimes, like, diffusers to, like, brighten my mood, or, like, lavender before bed, or sleep sprays, mm. just additional little. Bits and bobs here and there that I find just help calm me. Yeah, and that's kind of like just the basic tools. And try and not like, I try and not use like unhealthy coping mechanisms because my biggest unhealthy coping mechanism is food. And so, usually, when I'm deeply anxious or stressed or depressed, I turned to the unhealthy coping mechanisms of binge eating. And that has been hard for me to navigate being in lockdown. Because it's just it's so easy for me to to access that, and but also understanding that food is part of joy in my life, and so cooking has been a really big thing for me in terms of stress management. Um, the whole process of the chopping, the, the you know the the cooking, the serving, making everything look beautiful, like it's really helping me to just be more present and not use use food in a healthy way, but use like change it around and make it more of a positive
1: experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, I'm just thinking what you said about watching old TV shows or Friends or something. I think, I wonder if there's something nostalgic. If we watch something that we watched when we were younger? If it reminds us of like a simpler time or something.
0: Yeah. Have you got Disney Plus?
1: I I got it because I watched Soul recently. So oh, I did subscribe. Is it good? It is. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Actually, it is, it is good. I need to watch that. But I need to get back on Disney Plus, actually. I need to get back on Disney Plus. I, I have Disney them. Plus and
0: I, I watch some of the old, like, like Three Men, and a Little Lady, Three Men and a Baby, and like really old. I don't know if you've ever seen this film, but it's called Candle. Wick something or other. It's got Jodie Foster in it. It's like a really, really old mm-hmm. film that's made in the seventies. It's so, so old, so old, it's ridiculous. But yeah, yeah, exactly what you said. It brings so many like warm, special feelings. You're like, oh, this reminds me of being young, and it's so nice. And yeah, I definitely think it's nostalgic and
1: brings back these lovely feelings. so Yeah, I was thinking about watching Dawson's Creek again. I'm, I heard someone oh. say they watching Dawson's Creek. I was thinking about watching that again, but yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll do some nostalgia. Yes. What else did I want to ask you? Is there, is it if you could go back in time. So another question I was really curious to ask you was if you could go back in time and speak to your younger self and give her a bit of a message from, from now, what, what would you say to her? What advice would you give? Well, I think, oh gosh, it's always a hard one. I think I would probably
0: just tell her that it's okay to just do your best. Because when I was younger, I always was, like I said, like always seeking out being better. And I wish that I had, could go back and tell my younger self that I don't need to restrict and be so obsessed with food. And I shouldn't listen to other people and how they judge my body. Because as I've looked back at photos of myself, my younger self, I was what I, what I envisioned myself and the size that I was, it wasn't what I was and i realized that i had i was you know i had dysmorphia of what i looked like because of the images that i saw on magazines and i saw on tv and i realized that so much of that controlled the way i felt about myself and my body and in turn made me have a terrible relationship with food an unhealthy relationship and a very unkind relationship with myself. And I just would go back and just tell younger me that those images are not real. They're fake and that all bodies are different and all bodies are unique and all bodies are special and all people are valid. And I don't need to try and morph myself into that. I can be who I am and be okay. Unfortunately, I wasted a lot of my time on and off really dangerous, silly diets you know feeling like no one would ever love me at this size and unfortunately we do live in a fatphobic society we do live in a society that really does not like the idea of someone being in a larger body and it does come with some consequences and i think as the years have gone on i've realized that my younger self internalized a lot of that like internalized things i saw on tv like them making fun of fat monica or you know bridget jones you know the idea of bridget jones being What like she was huge and now I look back at her and I'm like she's like a size 12 or even size 10 but in your mind I I literally sometimes I actually like watch it I don't know if you've ever seen like you've ever done that where you look at something and you go that does not make sense to how I first watched it when I was younger and the same with like Sex and the City and Mm -hmm. different things like that like it's very strange that how the cultural shift can happen and how, when you look back, you realize just how disordered that that was, and so, yeah, I just I would just go back and tell her like it's all fake, it's all rubbish and all lies, and you know there will be better times coming where your your eyes will be opened to the truth, and it will help alleviate a lot of
1: that for you, yeah, it's amazing how how dated things can seem, you know things can seem quite shocking, some things and sex in the city, and yeah. I'm sure they're going to correct that. They're doing a new sex in the city, aren't they? They are, They're going to get really woke and yeah. <laughs> really uh, aware. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. It's really beautiful. Where can people find out more about you and what you're up to and follow you and all that sort of thing?
0: Um, well, I'm just Kelly Thorpe on my Instagram and that's kind of just where at the moment I'm just sharing like my cooking and some bits and bobs. Not, there's not a lot going on there, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, But I am on like, you know, I I love to share about my kind of journey of anxiety and, you know, just cooking and doing nice things. I read a lovely quote the other day was that not I'm I'm trying this from this face office quote where I'm trying not to fix my life by trying to, you know, remove loads of things and fix my life. It's more about adding tiny little things of joy in. So that's what I'm trying to do on my Instagram. But you can also find me on the Confidence Corner, which is my other Instagram page which is where we're launching the membership. And it's going to be a space where we all go on a journey together. And I, you know, myself and my friend Lauren, who's both both of us been on a similar journey, are gonna be sharing our insights into, you know, how we learnt to show up in this world in plus size bodies and navigate it and how our journey to confidence has helped change us and allowed us into doing many exciting things and we want to share that knowledge and and grow and make a lovely safe space with women to join us together on that so that's where you can find me on both of my instagrams and yeah that's that's probably it i'm not i'm not on anything else except tiktok but that's just like my little secret hobby on the side i love that
1: (laughs) brilliant thank you so much and yeah great to speak to you thank you You have been listening to the Karma You podcast with me, Chloe Brotheridge. Don't forget you can download loads of freebies for anxiety and confidence at my website, karmau.com. You can also find out about my app and my one-on-one sessions. Please do subscribe to this podcast in the Apple Podcast app. And if you have enjoyed it or found it helpful, please leave me a review. It makes a massive difference to helping the podcast get discovered by other people. And come on over and find me on Instagram i'm hanging out there every day you can find me at chloe Brotheridge. let me know what you thought of this episode and please do share it with anyone who might need to hear this today so i'm sending you loads of love and i hope you have a brilliant week ahead